super excited uh, to have our guest in studio uh, this morning. Uh, goes by the name of Alex Cummings, who has a, uh, a history here in Nairobi and in Kenya. Um, welcome to the studio, Mr. Cummings. Thank you, Farid. Good to be with you. Good to be back in Nairobi. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm going to refer to you as Alex. I hope you don't mind, Hi, Mr. Cummings. Very, yeah. appro- very appropriate. And hopefully soon I'll be giving you another title very soon. <laughs> we'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, a little bit about yourself before we get into what you're doing and who you, uh, or rather what your plans are for the future. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Alex. Uh, I know you're a, a businessman, philanthropist. You've you've risen to the top in the world in global business. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I'm Liberian. Uh, grew up in Liberia, most of my education uh, from that country. Um, but I spent a significant amount of my life in Korea outside of Liberia. I spent some time in Nigeria, some time in Kenya, as you suggested, South Africa, the U.S., the U.K. I'm married to Teresa. Uh, we just celebrated 40 plus years of marriage. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, lucky man. I was very lucky. <laughs> yeah, um, that's very, that's that's not common anymore. No, so 40 yeah, years of marriage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have two young adult uh, children, five grandchildren. Um, very successful in business. You know, Farida, I often say our success is a combination of providence, being blessed, and then a bit of hard work, you know, uh, discipline, etc. And so I've had the combination of both of those. Mm. Um, and I decided, you know, to go into politics to think differently about leadership in Africa, leadership in, in Liberia. Um, I think some traditional politicians have done a good job, uh, but I often quote Albert Einstein, you can't keep doing the same things and expect different results. And we need to do some things different in my home country sure. in Liberia too to change the dynamic and to move our country forward. So sure. a little bit about about Alex. Right. Now you've kind of you've kind of uh led into the, the next question as well. I love the Albert Einstein uh quote, uh, the definition of insanity, right? Correct. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. As a recovering addict, that's something that I often uh have to play with in my mind as well, right? It's it, it, you if you continue to do the same things, nothing will change. Correct. Um and you are all about change. Uh Liberia right. is your country, even though you've lived all over the world, you've traveled, I'm sure extensively but home is home. Exactly. Um, and you are now vying for the top job uh, as the next president of Liberia. Elections are this year. Um, why is it necessary for that change? Uh, and you've, you've, you've mentioned that things have not been done the right way. We don't necessarily want to pick on the pr- current president. However, I do know that there's a lot of uh, unhappiness about the way the country's been run under his leadership. Correct. And, and so you're right. This is not about, uh, you know, bemoaning the current presidency, but it's just a fact that, you know, the situation in our country has deteriorated over the last five years. Um, but beyond that, I think we can do so much better. Uh, one of our slogans for it is Liberia deserves better. We are a relatively small country, so five million people. Population in Nairobi, I think, is even more than that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of natural resources, but yet we're among the poorest countries in the world. And when I look at my blessings, my success, my experiences living and working around the world, I want to bring that to bear to help to move Liberia forward, to work with Liberians to help to change our country. I often say for me, the presidency is not the destination. The presidency is a means to an end. The destination is to use the role to work with Liberians so we can change our country Mm -hmm. and move forward. And I think the skills, the experiences I bring, the corporate business experience, how you fix things, how you engage people, how you build teams, uh, those are the practical experiences we, I think we can bring to bear 
uh, to change Liberia and certainly do a better job than is being done today in our mm-hmm. country. And and as the first country uh, to gain independence uh, in Africa, um, the difficult past, uh, Liberia has had a lot of challenges in the past. Um, overcoming those time and again, uh, I would imagine, often sets the country back a few years each time. How do you avoid any of these things creeping up again? Because it's systemic, isn't it? The Correct. C- uh, corruption in Africa is systemic. Um, poverty in Africa is systemic. Um, Liberia, you know, like most African countries, is a poor country. But as you said, blessed with natural resources, uh, blessed with uh, a very vibrant uh, population of people. The Liberians Young I've people. met, are, yeah, but always, always thinking ahead. You know, almost, right. almost in the same energy as Nigerians. You know, that they're looking beyond the country Correct. globally, impact all that. So, what, what is, what is the, what is the, the manifest? What is the backbone of your campaign? And then, uh, hopefully, leading into the presidency. So, it's what we call engaging hearts and minds. Um, and oftentimes when people think about leadership and in Africa, you think about the obvious, fix the educational system, fix the healthcare system, fix the infrastructure. So we talk about all of those things for read, but we also say, how can we engage the hearts and minds of Liberians to think differently about themselves, to think differently about the country, so that we can push each other, we can hold each other more accountable. So, and we're thinking about how do you use things like music, religion, sports, art, and culture, because these things are considered soft. But if we're deliberate about how we use it, I think you begin to change mindsets. Mm-hmm. You begin to ingrain a certain way of behavior, certain way of thinking. We also think about leadership beyond politics. Yes, we want to write political leaders, but we also identify leaders in civil society, leaders in, in, in churches, in other organizations who exhibit the same behaviors, who have the same goals and aspirations. So how do we support each other? How do we work with them so that they can inspire, again, a different way of thinking, a different way of engaging? You know, when you think about integrity, teamwork, honesty, sports, right? It requires those things, right? So that's what we're thinking about differently. That's what we think is required in addition to fixing the infrastructure, fixing healthcare, is how do you develop the people? In our political party for read, we said, if you develop the people, they will develop the country. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a different way of thinking. When we think about how we build our plans, our manifesto, we're building it from the bottoms up. It's longer, it's more deliberate, but if you get ownership from the bottom of the pyramid, if you will, it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. And people own it as opposed to sort of top down. So those are some of the things we're doing differently in terms of not only the campaigning, but how we propose to govern. Mm-hmm. The other thing we think about differently is how we use communications, not just to win, right? So social media, uh, print media, uh, radio, how we use those things when we win to, to keep moving the country forward, help people think differently about themselves, mm-hmm. about the progress, about the challenges, and be honest about those things. So those are some of the unique differences we want to bring to leadership in Liberia to move our country forward. And, and you talk about communication. Transparency is such a big thing, and there's always this veil of, of secrecy in well, not all African governments, but you know, in large part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could probably say all, to be honest. Right. But uh, even though we call ourselves democracies, maybe we don't get the full picture. Are you saying that through print and social media and digital spaces and radio that that transparency is going to be there for everyone to know we're doing this, this is the money we spent, this is what we're working on. Absolutely, absolutely. And and by the way, that's how you get at corruption, right? Um, One way is through technology, 
But the other way is through transparency. So everybody needs to know how much money we cut in, where is it being spent, so they can hold their officials accountable. So in Liberia, we're organized by counties like you are here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't call the county leaders governors. We call them superintendents of counties. What we'll do different is every county, citizens will know, this is the money allocated. This is what we propose to spend on education, on health care, on infrastructure, and monitoring that on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. So full transparency. This is how much we spend in the presidency. This is what it's being used for. With that transparency, I think you begin to minimize the opportunities for people to steal. And of course, when that happens, when people do steal, there got to be consequences. But also, I think from your perspective, someone who has your own money uh, probably helps the believability of the citizen to say, okay, this guy doesn't need really government money to, to sustain his life. It, it, it does. Yeah. Look, I've been blessed to have uh, personal resources. And so I'm not going to government to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sincerely going to help. In fact, I've said publicly, I will whatever the salary of the president, like, I don't know what it is, because I don't intend to, but I'm going to spend it on some charity. That's wonderful. I'm going to give it back in some way, and it will be transparent as well, mm-hmm. how much the president makes and how it's going to be given back to, to the country. C- can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, and this might be, uh, this is this is always a touchy subject, but I'm going to ask it anyway. We know the current president, Mr. Ware, was uh, you know a very popular figure in the world of sports. We know that, right? Probably helped him to get where he is now as president because, I mean, globally, he was an icon, right. is an icon, I Correct. should say. Uh, he's obviously not done himself too many favors during this period uh, of, of his presidency. But there is always the fear in Africa that the incumbent never loses, right? Once someone is put into power, they tend to stay there until either their time is up or they do some sort of change of constitution so they can stay there. You know, you can take Museveni, for example. There's uh, Sasson Gueso in uh, Congo. Uh is that a worry for you as well? Because you've, you you are fighting state machinery Correct. to get the position that you want to get in the most honest and transparent way possible. Correct. So let me first of all acknowledge the point you made, Farid. President Wea was an outstanding football player. And and so as a Liberian, he made us all very proud as a football player. Um, but that has not and does not translate to being a good person, a good leader. Uh, but we are going up against an incumbent. And that's always challenging. But I think there are a few things we have going for us. One is his performance has actually been very bad. And and so, and it's not about the statistics and the numbers. Liberians are actually suffering more. They're actually worse off than they were five years ago. It's just a fact. Because, and I've often said, Farid, if President Weir was doing a half-decent job, he will get reelected, mm-hmm. right, because of the popularity. But he's not. So that's so we have that going for us. The second thing we have going for us is that we are very organized. We're very deliberate. Um, we're very strategic about how we spend, because we can't match them dollar for dollar. They have still resources, right? So we're very strategic about how we spend, where we spend. We have mapped out our country, and so we know where we're likely to get votes, where we're not. And so we're being very smart, very deliberate, very strategic, and working very hard. Uh, and when we look at our polling, every time we, we do a poll, our prospects increase. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be focused on monitoring the elections, elections integrity. So I think you call them agents here. We call them poll watchers. We're going to equip them. We're going to train them. Uh, we're going to have them everywhere in the country, so we're going to monitor uh, the whole election process to ensure that every vote 
is reflected in the outcome mm-hmm. uh, that's announced in, in elections. So those are some of the things we're doing to again to to minimize uh, the pressure that will come from the fact that we're going up against an incumbent. Now there's some examples in Africa where incumbents have been um, uh, have lost their jobs a f- few years ago in Gambia, happened in Ghana. Some would argue it happened here. In Kenya, your last election, sure. it depends on your perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it can be done, but it's a challenge. Um, you're right. Yes. And, and you, 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 obviously you're prepared for that challenge. As, as a businessman CEO, and, I, and I, I have to say, I love that you say, a lot of people say I'm lucky, you say blessed, and I think blessed is the right term. Uh, luck is something completely different. Um, but, but as a CEO, uh, as a businessman, as someone who has, has, has run you know, massive companies that, that are complex in, in nature, do you go into this presidency uh, partly as a businessman trying to fix what you perceive now, and I think the world perceives really as Liberia being a broken business. Uh, yes, um, and I and I'll share with you and listening audience some similarities between a business and government and differences. So, in in business or in government, you have to deliver results for your people. So you have your consumers, your customers, you have your voters. To be successful in any large organization, you need to have the right people, the right teams. Whether you're in government or whether you're in business, you gotta hold people accountable, you have to have deliverables, um, and you you gotta be clear on what you're trying to solve, what you're trying to fix, you know, and, and you also gotta make choices and prioritize. If you try to do everything and fix everything, you do nothing well. Mm-hmm. So similarities, difference between business and p- politics though, in, in politics, you everything and everybody is involved. So you got lawyers, you got engineers, you got motorcyclists, <laughs> you got in business or in law, in engineering, people self-select to be in those professions. So the personalities might be similar, the rules are clearer, etc. So in politics, you gotta be open and you gotta understand people's interest, what they want for themselves, for their constituencies. And so it's that combination of bringing some structure, some processes, trying to fix things, but also the human side Hmm. Uh, it's everywhere you got people, you got politics, but in politics, you got lots of politics, you got people, sure. and you got a bit more treachery. And, and also, you've, you, you will always have your, your part of the population that did not vote for you. Correct. So there are always going to be criticism. Correct. There's always going to be criticism. Correct. No matter what you do, whether right or wrong. Correct. I would imagine. But, but absolutely, Fred. But the difference, my approach is to try to embrace those people. Not to, you know, too often in politics in Africa is winner take all. And I believe it can be win-win. It doesn't have to be a win-lose uh, situation, right? So even for people that didn't will not vote for me, we're going to reach out. We want a government of inclusion. We talk about this big tent or this big hut theory where we want as many people in the tent, in the hut as possible because we have to make some tough calls, some tough decisions. And the more people in there, the more they, they will explain and go back to the constituencies. Why are we doing this now and not the other? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so, so my approach is to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yes, to get the job, we're going to fight each other figuratively, right? We're going to have people are not going to vote for me, and they will tell lies, and for me, it don't matter. Once we win, I become president of Liberia, not of my political party, not mm-hmm. of constituency. I want to be president of all Liberians. And that's when the change can happen. That's where the change can happen. I often remind our people, it would be true in Kenya anywhere else, you don't choose when you're born, young or old, you don't choose your gender, 
You don't choose the tribe you're born into. You don't choose where you're born. Those things should not give you an advantage or disadvantage over anybody else. Mm-hmm. We want to guarantee every librarian the same opportunity. It's what you do with the opportunity that matters. So if you don't follow the rules, you don't bear your laws, you will not benefit. We'll punish you. Right. But that's a choice. And, and does it help? Is it a help or is it an advantage or a hindrance to have such a small population? It's both. But I think it's more help than a hindrance. Uh, it's a help because it, it's a smaller country. Everybody kind of knows everybody or knows somebody who knows somebody, almost literally, right? Um, so it's a, bit, it's a bit more manageable. It's a little less complex as a result. It's a disadvantage in that you kind of lack scale, right? So when you think about the my business perspective, my business mind, scale matters. Mm-hmm. Having lots of people, there's some advantages from an economic perspective, sure. right? So it's a bit of both, but I think it's actually a bit more of an advantage. And, and the other benefit we have is we are part of ECOWAS, the economic community of West African states. And so there's free movement of goods and services. So you can locate in Liberia, small country, not too complicated, but your market is actually 300 million people. Yeah, right. so that's that's so, huge. That's huge, mm-hmm. right? So 5 million population, we need to fix infrastructure, et cetera, but we want to attract businesses, including Kenyan businesses, right? And, and actually, I hear, I've never been, but I hear Liberia is a stunning country. It is. Yeah. It is. Be- it beautiful is. beaches. Uh, but is it, the tourism sector part of the agenda? Because it's, it it's is. not a huge tourist destination as it, it stands Correct. Now. So we talk about ecotourism as part of the agenda. Because we don't have the infrastructure for five-star tourism, uh, so we say eco, so people know they're gonna come to rough it out. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And and not and not spend so much money and, and, spend and so much be money. by beautiful places. Correct. I think it's fine. Correct. You know, Africans need to learn that you, when you get a bit of cash, you don't have to go to Dubai or the UK. You Correct. can travel so within the continent. Exactly. All right, Alex. And we, we have some of the best surfing. Really? In the world, in Liberia, yes. Like, I am. That, that's my thing. We should talk about oh it. Oh my online. god! I can't believe that. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> All right, uh, continuing our conversation because we're on we're on limited time and we have a lot to get through, uh, Alex. Um, if you are just tuning in, we are with uh, Liberian presidential candidate uh, Alex Cummings this morning, uh, and we've talked a lot about the country. But I wanna I wanna ask some some specific questions about what are the endemic problems that Liberia faces. We know poverty is one, but there must be quite a bit more. What are some of the endemic problems that that have to be addressed immediately you get into office? Um. The most immediate challenge is around job creation. Um, the Liberia, like Kenya, like Africa, is a very young country. Uh, the median age in Liberia, I think, is 18 or 19 oh, years old. Young, yeah. yeah, a very young country. And the level of joblessness is very high. So our top priority is to focus on job creation, growing the economy. And there's several ways we're going to focus on doing that. One is to begin to fix infrastructure. It's very poor in Liberia electricity, roads, running water. That, by definition, will create jobs, but also investing in agriculture. Uh, if you look at across the continent, including Kenya, in our neighborhood, Ivory Coast, or Ghana, those are agro- agro-based economy, and they're a bit more stable, more resilient. So we're going to focus heavily in investing in agriculture as a means of creating jobs for our people. Feeding, and feeding bringing ourselves. the price of food down. Food down, correct. Food security. Yeah. Uh, very, 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 very a big challenge for us. So, so yes, job creation, economic growth, food security, I think we're going to focus on immediately uh, to, to look after our people and reduce the, 
the sort of the suffering of the Liberian people. Um, and your presidency term is also five years, is it? It's actually six years. Six years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and obviously, I know just from the short time we spent together, you're not looking at six years. You're obviously looking at twelve years because it there is a there's a huge process. You know what what happens in normal uh, all the promises that are made. The day you get into power, people think that you flick on a light switch and all those problems are eradicated and all the promises are fulfilled. But this is something that takes a lot of time and a lot of sort of imp- a lot of uh, uh, effort has to be put in in planning the the changes and the improvements. Correct. Um, but the other way I think about it too is almost from day one, um, we will be trying to. I mentioned this big tent. Yeah. Be trying to embed with Liberians what we're trying to achieve so we own it as a people. So I hope to be there as long as Liberians want me to be there. But even if somebody else comes in, the, the understanding that this is what we're trying to do, these are our goals, these are the benchmarks and milestones we want to achieve, that it can endure beyond my person, that we build a system, we build, we put processes in place. Uh, we have a, a almost a national development plan that Liberians own. So whether Fareed comes after me or somebody else, we want to continue uh, because transforming Liberia is a 25, 30 year project to make it really sustainable. And, and, and have these these plans and systems not been put in place in the past so that every, like like again, a lot of African countries, every leader that comes in kind of just, you know, removes everything that happened in the last six or 12 years or 10 years, whatever it is, and starts fresh. You, what you're saying is put a system in place that it's just literally a person just coming into the system. Right, and tweaking and adjusting. And so Liberia is unique <coughs> in the sense that for real, we had a, an extended period of civil war civil war, civil unrest. So all the institutions were broken, including the family institutions. And so President Salif, president for 12 years, she started to reestablish these systems and these Mm -hmm. processes. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, President Weah is unraveling. Uh, So we'll be starting over again almost. Mm -hmm. And this is why, again, we want this big tent. We want everybody, opposition involved, so that we can own the system. We can own the processes. So it goes beyond Alex or whoever. You know, as president it's of the country, in, yes. yeah, and, and that's that's the goal and objective. Final question for you, Alex. I know we've got one minute, forty-five seconds left, so here we go. Um, how credible and fair is the electoral process in Liberia? Because this has to weigh heavily on you. If there is obviously a way, it can be manipulated. Yes, and so it's a huge risk, and so we're going to be spending a lot of time and resources trying to ensure the elections are free, fair, and transparent. That means hiring and training. Uh, you, I think you call them agency, we call them poll watchers, mm-hmm. giving them the, the technology they need, everything they need to make sure that we're monitoring the elections process because unless we do that, the risk of fraud uh, is, is, is quite high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to buffer that uh, through our own efforts to ensure that the vote of Liberians is reflected in the ultimate results. Okay, well, the best of luck. Congratulations on this. And uh, I'll be coming to surf as a guest of the president of Liberia, I think, at some point. (laughs) Absolutely. A year from now, come join us. I will, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in. Cheers. Thank you. 98.4 Capital FM.